At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari here at the VSIN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook, joined by Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst today, and Vinny Mayula from the South Point Sportsbook. We're always really grateful when we have some time with Vinny. Uh, Hawks and 76ers going on last night in the NBA playoffs. Game two, the Hawks, surprisingly, to me at least, took game one. Uh, so the Sixers did come back and win last night, 118-102. to Series tied up at one game each. Vinny, who did the book need last night for this one? We needed the Hawks yeah. uh, last night. It was a great uh, great response by the Sixers. Uh, Joel Embiid, boy, uh, if, if, a guy, if, if that guy's questionable uh, and he, he goes off like that, uh, JVT, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do uh, on our side of the counter. But hey, uh, tip our caps to the uh, to the betters there. Uh, game open five, closed six and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did the uh, thing that saved us a bit was that they bet it over, uh, closed at 225 and a half. So uh, 220 there. So favorite and under, uh, which uh, from the house's perspective is a good uh, correlation. Uh, I think we're done with the discourse around Joel Embiid's knee. Yeah. 38 minutes in game one, 35 in game two. Doesn't look like it's torn. Uh, I think it's fine. Like, and it's funny because like yesterday I was I was reading yeah. an article. I thought I missed something in game one because like we don't know the status of Joel Embiid. Yeah. I'm like, he played 38 minutes. Like I think yeah. he's okay. So I'm assuming you guys have been like, yeah, he's playing. He's fine. Yeah, I, I I tore my meniscus one time. I haven't scored forty points uh, total in my life since. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, uh, my question for JVT, since we have him here too, is Ben Simmons. I feel like it's a player everyone loves to hate on, even when he has a pretty good performance. I mean, he did a really good job locking up Trey Young, but through seven games in the playoffs, 13 of 40 from the line. Even Dame Lillard's going on his Instagram stories and making fun of him. I mean, what did you think of his performance so far? Are they getting what they need from him? They're getting what they need from him to a certain extent. Like defensively, yeah. he's been incredible, yeah. right? He had about, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, said he had 32 plays on Trey Young yesterday defensively yeah. was absolutely fantastic in that regard. Look, Ben Simmons isn't going to score you like right a 40 point. He's not going to have a 40 point game for the most yeah. part. He had one this year against the jazz, but like if he is going to do what he does defensively. And I think ultimately that holds them back in against the Brooklyn's of the world, right against uh, the Milwaukee's of the world in a series against Atlanta, where they have no answer whatsoever for Joel Embiid, where he can lock mm-hmm. down Trey young. He's doing what you need him to do, but we're talking about winning the title. Four points ain't going to cut it, right? What'd you say from the, from what was his shooting percentage or was that free throw? That's free throws, 13 of 40, which is 32 and a half percent. Right. Like that's not going to get it done in tight games, but in these kind of series where you're a massive favorite and have a big edge, it'll be enough for you. Yep. I mean, it's all, it's all relative. 32 and a half percent from free throw for me would be just like stellar. So Uh, I, I, they, for them to advance to the finals, for them to win and get to the finals, they're going to need much better because there's going to be tight games and the free throw line is going to determine the outcome. I'd also say, I think you can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have. I yeah. have. But uh, over time, that's that's the question. I'm betting on Daniel. We have one game going on tonight. Nuggets and Suns. Uh, Suns were opened as a six point favorite now down mm-hmm. to five, uh, five and a half here at the South Point uh-huh. still uh, total sitting around 223, 630 p.m. Pacific, 930 Eastern in game one. The Suns really balanced scoring attack here four starters scoring at least 20 points. And DeAndre Ayton also stepped up on the defensive side. He held NBA MVP Jokic here to 22 points on 23 shots. So game two now, Suns lead the series 1-0. to zero. What are you expecting to see tonight, JVT? Uh, so I think the market is expecting the bounce back here. I think that's yeah. why you've mm-hmm. seen this drop in that direction. You're also going to get Will Barton back, it sounds like. So I think that's part of the move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would not expect so much of a bounce back here from Denver. You know, I think mm-hmm. we saw the mismatches that work in favor of Phoenix. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, so I bet Phoenix to win this in six at 4-1. to one, And after watching game one, I was like, oh, man, I might be giving Denver too much credit because against Portland, who I was very high on Denver in that series, you can get away with mm-hmm. not having a very deep backcourt because you're taking on the second worst defense in the NBA. Right. Against Phoenix, this is the seventh best defense in the NBA. You have dynamic wing defenders that are going to shut down the other pieces. So I think this is still one where the matchups are overwhelmingly in favor of Portland or excuse me, uh, in terms of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that as this gets down to like five, I, I'm in on the Suns here. If it gets back down to five, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget uh, Chris Paul, uh, the veteran. Uh, yeah. He's uh, definitely, uh, the, he's the, he may be the senior statesman uh, on the court, but he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's, he appears to be healthier. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a lot to say here. Uh, who is getting most of the action for you guys? Tonight? Actually, the, uh, the Nuggets right now, but we've not had to go to five just yet like a lot of others. So five and a half right now. And expecting a high-scoring, low-scoring game tonight from you guys. What do you think? Up uh, almost three points uh, now at, at uh, 224. So that's uh, wow. three points up. I'd expect lower score. Like, I think it's correlated, right? If Denver's going to have a good game, right. then they're going to have a lot of success offensively. It's going to be a little bit higher scoring. Phoenix, of course, super slow pace. They want to keep this down low. Or excuse me, the score low. And right. I think if Phoenix is going to cover and ultimately win this one, it's going to be lower scoring because they're going to hold Denver down. All right, we got one NBA game, so you know we're going to keep talking about that and more on this hour of My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vary sitting in for Matt Humans this week. You can find him on Follow the Money if you need to get your humans fixed. That's where he'll be. We're here in the VEASAN studio. And by we, I mean Vinny Maiulo and JVT, also known as Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. We were just breaking down Nugget Suns Game 2 going on tonight. It's our only NBA playoff matchup. Uh, the series line for this now has the Suns favored minus 400 and the Nuggets 3-1. to one. Uh, JVT, you were just talking about how you think you kind of overestimated the Nuggets maybe here. Would you change your idea for how many games this is going to go to? I think, yeah, I mean, like maybe five has this series, has it written all over it now. Like right. they, they, Just because Denver, when they go back home, they might have something for the Phoenix Suns. And if Will Barton comes back, has a really good game. Like he's a, he's a dynamic scorer for the most part that can kind of go nuts uh, in a single game setting. But I think just watching Phoenix defensively and, and offensively, what their pick and roll did to Denver, Denver just doesn't have much to match up with that. And it's going to be one of those series, Daniel, I think Jokic is going to eat. Like I think he's have a much better game in series overall than he did in game one. But the other pieces, you know, Facundo Campazzo, who's 4'11". You know, you have Mikhail Bridges and, of course, Jay Crowder to match up with guys like a Michael Porter Jr., who, by the way, he's got a bad back now all of a sudden. And that's mm-hmm. really dangerous because that's what kept him, you know, out of the top pick in the draft the year he came out. So there's all those other things that now have developed where I do think that maybe this has five games on it as opposed to six. But I'm hoping it's six because that's where my money is. Well, yeah. it, uh, it, it made there. This is, this is a critical game, I think, for the Nuggets, even mm-hmm. though you, no one, they do yeah. go back home after this. Uh, but to JVT's point, Danielle, the Suns much deeper, uh, healthier as well, let's face it. And Chris Paul, again, healthier than yep. the senior statesman maybe. But uh, you need that veteran uh, in the playoffs to continue to advance. Now, even though they're betting the Nuggets early uh, so far from six down to five and a half here at South Point, we've not had to go to five yet. And uh, the total, though, folks are expecting high scoring. Now up to 224 off of the 221 opener. Now, Vinny, I know you also mentioned Chris Paul. He mm-hmm. finished with 21 points, 11 assists in game one, uh, 122 to 105 win for them there. And then CP3 and Devin Booker went nine for nine from the field in the fourth quarter. So are we concerned about Chris Paul's injury at all at this point? I think he's shown yeah. some hesitation yeah. on the jump shot every once in a while. You know, there was a couple, there was one specifically where he had a wide open corner three and he passed it up, right? And so maybe that's, hey, my shoulder's not 100%, or he doesn't have confidence yep. in yeah. the shoulder yet. But as the series goes on and as he works it, you'd, you'd expect that that's going to get healthier as he goes along. But he's a facilitator, too, course, right? Yeah. With that, and that, that if, you know, if he's not 100%, it, that's where I give credit to, and I think where you pay attention to the, uh, the veteran leadership. Listen, if I'm not 100%, uh, I can help facilitate at 100%. And and they've got the weapons to do that. This is a very deep team, and they spread things out very nicely. But, Danielle, you hit it on the head. He was point god in the fourth quarter, right? right. He was old CP3. Him and Devin Booker <laughs> were great, but he was working work the mid-range area of the floor. He was hitting every single shot he was taking from that area of the floor. He'll be fine. Like, he's enough to get through maybe a shorthanded Denver team, right? And then by the time you get to the Western Conference Finals, if you do get to the Western Conference Finals, then you would assume that he'd be as close to 100% healthy as you can. But remember, all these guys are dealing with something at this point sure. in the season, you know? Right. And uh, that kind of brings me to my point that I noticed in Point Spread Weekly, you were talking about the team to beat in the West. We'll right. talk about this a little bit more, and it's not the Suns. Hell no. no it's no, the no. Clippers. <laughs> yeah, on, which, no. okay, yeah, did we forget Kawhi Leonard was on the Clippers? So Perfect timing after they lose game one, right? Right. So if you see the Suns advancing, kind of, what do you think the matchup's going to look like with the Suns and the Clippers? Where are the mismatches going to be? Well, there's a lot there. I mean, look, so the first two games of their series in the regular season, Kawhi played the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers put up, I think their net rating was like a plus 8.5. They, they were really good right. against the Phoenix Suns. Now, Part of why they were so good was Paul George also had a lot of work, you know, open space to work with, and he was very dynamic in the first two games.
Gabe's right. relying on Paul George in high leverage situations has not been great for the Los Angeles Historically, Clippers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't great yesterday either. Uh, but I do think just overall, right, it comes back to why I like them in the series of Clippers over the Jazz and, and against Phoenix is they just have one Kawhi Leonard who's a dynamic, massive wing scorer who not many teams have an option for. You know, in this matchup with Utah, Royce O'Neal gives up a lot to him in terms of size and stature. That's going to be a little bit of a problem when you're talking about one-on-one matchups. Again, too, Mikhail Bridges, very solid defender, but not really in terms of size and stature, able to match up with Kawhi Leonard. And everything spins off of that in terms of matchups that work in favor of the Los Angeles Clippers. A team that finished top six in both offensive and defensive efficiency, mm-hmm. the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, and they have a lot of big-bodied wings who can play very well defensively. So I think across the board, whether it's this Jazz series or whether it's a potential Western Conference Series final or Western Conference final series against Phoenix, those matchups, I think, play so much in the favor of the Clippers that I think they are the team to beat in the Western Conference. So the Clippers, are they've got the Jazz right where they want them, right? They lost game one. so That's, uh, uh, That was my follow-up uh, uh, question. Uh, <laughs> nervous at all after the Jazz taking game one last night, 112 to 109? No, I mean, I think, you know, so Drew, Dins- Drew Dinsick was on with Gil and, and he used the term, which I think is pretty good, like the scheduled loss, right? Keep in mind what the situation was. You're right. playing game seven. You get one day off. You go to Utah, one of the stronger home courts in the postseason at this point because they're like, screw it, full of capacity. Let's go. A little bit of altitude. Excuse right, me. right, exactly. Well, right. Yeah. In Factor. the game one. So that's that's a tough. tough situation to come back into. So, And we see this all the time. Look, I, I've been confident in this for a while. You play a best of seven for a reason, right? Even after they were down 2 nothing, I was asked, are you going to change? But no, they're still alive. If they're still alive, mm-hmm. they still have a chance. And I'm, I'm very analytically driven with my analysis. And so I'm always of the mindset of over the larger set of a sample size, Trust the, the data, yep, the number of the data is going to play out. And so I think that over the course of a larger sample size, they'll play out in favor of the Los Angeles Clippers. You play a best of seven for a reason. I also bet them when they were down 3-2 in the series to, Denver, or to Dallas, I bet them 11-1 over circuit to win the title. You know, I think that I have some confidence in this team that, over the course of a series, it's going to play out in their favor. And the jump uh, now uh, for the series prices, it's only two to one. I say only two mm-hmm. to one, but the Jazz are not yeah. beyond two to one. So a mm-hmm. little bit of cautious. Uh, a little bit of caution on our side because we know the Clippers are capable of coming back uh, as they did in the previous series. Although this team, uh, the, uh, the uh, Utah's a better, I think, a better opponent, obviously. Yeah, and well, I think the market has some confidence in there, too, right? Sure. Vin, Vinny, in terms of the odds makers, no doubt. being a little cautious, Gotta making that price too high. Yeah. And even when the number first came out with this adjusted series mm-hmm. after game one, right. a lot of spots open plus 180. Immediately down to about a plus 170, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there is some confidence in the market as well in the Clippers and their ability to win a series like this. Yeah, and we, we opened them short. Uh, we opened, uh, well, uh, they were $1.45 plus a quarter. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. and I think it was the case in some markets. Yeah. Were the Clippers not in the futures market a little bit higher than the Jazz at the end of the regular yeah, season? Yeah, the end of the regular season, yeah. Yeah, and now, obviously, mm-hmm. the Jazz farther down that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the Western Conference, Vinny, after the Lakers were eliminated, did you see a lot of money come in on the Clippers in the futures market? Um, a little bit, but they were, they were short to begin with. And it mm-hmm. wasn't so much. The, the most popular team in the futures in the last couple of months uh, in the Western Conference uh, is actually uh, the Suns. Yeah. Uh, the Suns. And they were, you wow. know, it wasn't so, so long ago that they people. were 20, between 20 and 30 to 1, depending on where you got the numbers. So the Suns got attention. Uh, and uh, if there's exposure there uh, of all teams, and it's nothing drastic, it's not like, uh, you know, let's say the Golden Knights a few years ago uh, <laughs> by any means, but a uh, little bit of exposure with. The Suns, and that's where, uh, from our side of the counter, we'll adjust that, uh, the, the series prices and the, and the futures as we go further into these series. 
Well, you guys mentioned the series price on this. The Clippers, you can get them around 2 to 1, plus 170 mm -hmm. on DraftKings, and the Jazz sitting around minus 200. Any value on the Clippers for you here, JVT, if someone wanted to get in on this series? Yeah, I think I'd rather have that plus 180, yeah. right? And, you know, I'm invested before the series started at plus 140. So uh, I, I am fine personally, but I would say, yeah, like that would, again, that would be the side I would rather be on. I think you'd want a little bit more, like 10 to 15 cents more, but I wouldn't slide anybody for taking it. When always we want some more. Of course, you always do, we're, right? We're, we're always low. Uh, hey, man, you guys, <laughs> you guys are in a tough spot, Vinny. I know it's hard to make money when you're I know. The counter, I mean, man. look at all these blinking lights. I mean, what am I probably going to pay the you know electric bill? Oh well, yeah. One of my favorite. <laughs> if you ever want to, if I'm you sure ever find yourself, <laughs> if you ever find yourself on the side of the bookmaker of the casino, I will tell you a tale very quickly. Growing up out here, right? You're, usually, you work in casinos. <laughs> right. Uh, I got a job at Red Rock Casino up there in Summerlin. There's a nice. I don't know if you've been out there, but there's a big, massive chandelier. Right. It's made out of crystal mm -hmm. and we're getting our tour during orientation and the person giving the tour goes yeah you see that thing you guys go ahead and you gamble all you want because that's how we get this <laughs> Uh, well, just not in uniform. Just not in uniform. All right, we're trying to trying to look at some some value bets here, but I appreciate you guys discouraging people from making non-value bets here. If we look at some of the other series lines, I want to look at this Bucks Nets uh, because, frankly, the Nets are up two to zero, and yet people still want to back the Bucks. They think there's going to be a bounce back, and I'm wondering what they've seen that makes them want to spend their money that way. So the Bucks right now in the series line plus three sixty, and the Nets minus five thirty. I think what folks see is the fact that uh, the Bucks are coming home. They're, I think they're paying a little too much attention to what happened in the last part of the season, right, when the Nets weren't 100% healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, now, now even with Harden out, uh, you've got a situation where the Bucks, the Bucks are home and they're going to get back probably three and a half. It's what we opened it. They haven't really bet it. I uh, haven't touched the game just yet. But I think it's also uh, – I don't think folks believe, at least the general public believes, that the Nets are going to sweep this team. I think they're, they're going to feel very strongly about the Bucks at home in Game 3. And if they lose Game 3, then I think they'll back them uh, in Game 4 for sure. I don't think uh, there's a lot of confidence – by the public that the Nets are going to sweep the Bucks, JV2. Uh, I, I like your statement. I don't know what they're seeing. Like the, the they, right? Like they, yeah. the collective. Because... Well, we'll have a they on later who, who's <laughs> back in the Bucks. We'll get to that later. Okay. Well, in, in, I just think like, and Vinny, you can speak to this a little bit too. Right? If we're looking at the way the market has handled this series up to this point. Mm -hmm. Game one, Brooklyn two and a half point favorite, if I remember correctly, at the close, yeah. uh, right? Against they closed it open four and a half and then they bet, they bet, the, uh, they bet the dog in that game. Right. Mm -hmm. So it closes two and a half, right? Mm -hmm. So again, the market shaping the number there. Right. Game two, Bucks closes a two-point favorite on the road. Without it, Harden, and again, we adjusted the opening number by two, two-and-a-half points, and then they bet, b b again, exactly bet, right. to my point, that the, there's no way the Nets are going to sweep this team. Right? right. So, like, the market at every turn has been on the side of Milwaukee right. for the most part, and even the power rating to this extent. You know, crunching some of the numbers and looking how the, the overall market values home court in this postseason, it seems like it's about two-and-a-half, right? The market at every turn seems to say that the Bucks are the slightly better team, and I just don't understand that at, like, right. at all. In any way whatsoever. And so, like, even a number like this, and Vinny, you could speak to this team down 0 2, going back home, first quarter, first half into the game, it's a very mm -hmm. popular angle. There's so much baked into a number like this. Like, I think there is a lot of value here on Brooklyn. I thought this should be closer to pick 
if not Brooklyn minus one. Like, I like Brooklyn a lot. I think what they offer in terms of the statistical mismatches, if I can get through that one, uh, that the weaknesses of Milwaukee's defense, all of those things put together, I just haven't really understood how the market has been handling this from a betting perspective. If, right. uh, if Harden was healthy, you would see it probably one, maybe picking. Right. You know, but the Harden in- injury is, is taken into consideration. It's also how they've how the folks have bet it, too. So yeah. what we'll pay attention to is you have to anticipate uh, what, what the, you know, how the wagering is going to come in. How did they wager... Uh, and how did they bet the first two games in the case of this series? So, no, so it's a fair point, and that's why. Listen, you put it up there, let the folks have at it. But it's interesting, though, that they have not touched this game just yet, even though it's been announced that Harden is definitely out in this game. But well, and, I suspect that there'll be Bucks money. And this is my favorite angle on it is, remember, what was the biggest complaint about Brooklyn coming into the postseason? No well, defense. Well, no, of that. But also, <laughs> they only played eight yeah. games together. Yeah. Right. So the, the team that has played eight games complete – all of a sudden, it's worth moving two points on a line that the guy's not going to play. They haven't been complete the entire season. That's how they play. Right, right. Yeah. It's exactly. It's so, almost an advantage, you could say. Right. So I, I always find that pretty fascinating. And you know what's funny is you go back to the regular season. They had a regular season game against Milwaukee mm-hmm. where Kyrie hadn't played for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he's officially ruled out. And the number swings like three points in Milwaukee's favor. It's like the guy who hasn't played in two weeks is worth something to a point spread. And so I think sometimes like we get this, and we've seen it now a couple of times, where I think the market, it's weird the way I found it odd the way the market has handled this series up to this point. Well, Vinny, I want to ask mm-hmm. from a bookmaker's perspective, obviously you look at a team like the Nets, they have this super team, right? That we haven't really seen. When's the, what's the closest would be? Maybe the Warriors we saw uh, when they had Kevin Durant. So you have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Is that a more difficult handicap for the sports books? Because you're trying to account for if one of these superstars is out, you still have two other guys. Well, that's just it. And then, you know, let's let's remember, you know, Griffin has made his contributions. This, yeah, this team, Griffin, really, sure. when you look at this roster, they've really gotten contributions from uh, from just about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as long as we know who's in and who's out, but the fact of the matter is they've got three bona fide high scorers. Mm-hmm. If one of them is out, the other two and the supporting cast seem to pick up the slack. So they haven't really missed a beat so far. And again, it's a smaller sample size. But the other part of it, too, is in the postseason, to JVT's point about the home court, home court is meaning more, I think, in these playoffs, although in terms of the number. Right, mm-hmm. in ter- and in terms of the way games have been bet, yeah, you can throw that out. In the case of the Clippers, uh, first uh, uh, first series, but yet again, how were those games bet? And there's a perception out there. Perception's reality to mm-hmm. a lot of betters. Right, and when, when JVT talks about the Bucks and the Nets playing in the regular season, how much do you even factor that into your handicap? Because, like you said, not even a complete team we were looking at. I don't think you factor the matchup itself that mm-hmm. much, but you just you look at statistically what are the strengths and weaknesses of each of these teams, right? right. And if you look at both of these teams, you know the thing that sticks out and the the thing that has annoyed me about Milwaukee the entire time is you cannot win many championships when you're 29th in terms of your perimeter defense. Mm. And that is what they are. And this is what Brooklyn has really exploited. And like the, I've been using what I call the S word, right? It's sustainability. Mm -hmm. What is sustainable over the course of a best of seven? And and I think when a lot of people look at it and they go, well, you know, the Nets are shooting 44%. There's no way they can keep that up. Well, guess what? They were a 40% shooting team as a unit throughout the regular season. And they're taking on the second worst perimeter defense in the league. Why is it that sustainable at Mm -hmm. this point? You know? Mm-hmm. And they'll give you honest. You get let him let him score. Who else is going to beat us? Well, so far, nobody. That's the <laughs> other sneaky part about this, which is why I think Bud's going to get fired if if they don't do anything here. Right. If I see Giannis Antetokounmpo take another transition jumper, like what are we doing? Yep. Right. Like <laughs> you 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 have made there your you money destroying teams inside, and yet we're seeing him more and more acquiesce to taking these shots away from the rim. I like I'm really surprised by what the Bucks have done in this series too, from like a coaching perspective and their game plan. It's been it's been insane.
And not to rule the Bucks out yet, right. but that's no. kind of where we're headed. But if we do see that happening, you see a lot of articles coming out now when teams are eliminated. What are they going to do now? People are saying blow the Celtics up, especially Boston fans. So what do you think is going to happen for the Bucks? Because I have to imagine Giannis is not happy. No, but I think they're they're in a Warriors-type situation. Like mm-hmm. he, Mike Budenholzer right now is Mark Jackson. Now go find Steve Kerr that's going to take this team to the next level. Because for mm-hmm. the most part, you have the pieces that will work really well. So you think it's just a coaching issue for the Bucks? For just for right now, it is, yeah. All right. Well, uh, their game is tomorrow, 4.40 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Nets are a three-and-a-half-point dog, if you can believe it, in game three there. Up 2-0 to zero in that series. So definitely a, what do they call it, must-win game <laughs> for the Bucks. Uh, we have more to talk about. We have MLB early action. We're also going to have some NHL playoff action to discuss. That and more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. We are back here on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Alvari with Vinny Maiulo and JVT. We have some early MLB action in progress right now. Taking a look at the Giants at the Rangers, all tied up at three in the top of the 11th. We have extra innings going on here. The Giants have actually crawled up the MLB power ratings. I don't think that people expected this out of them so far. Vinny, are you surprised what this team's been able to put together so far? I am actually. Uh, I think they, they've been a surprise. They don't have shown no signs of going away. Now, they had a good start, and mm-hmm. then the Dodgers went up uh, to San Francisco. I think they swept them in the first series, and they played each other late. They didn't start playing each other right, uh, right away in that great uh, d- uh, rivalry. Uh, but then uh, a couple of weeks later, the Giants came back, and this is what told me uh, a bit about the Giants. They came down to uh, Dodger Stadium, and then they—I t- think they took three out of four there. Or did, mm. did they sweep? Did they sweep that series? Jamie, they um, took at least three out of four. Three out of yeah. four. So yeah. the, the the fact of the matter is, the Giants have shown no signs of going away, and everybody was talking about the Dodgers and the Padres in the division, and uh, the Giants were picked, uh, you know, uh, to be outside uh, outside of those two with mm-hmm. everybody else. Uh, but they've been a surprise. And uh, here they are now uh, uh, tied up uh, against Texas here in the uh, in extra innings. Yeah, three out of four against the Dodgers, three out of four against the Cubs, eight yeah. and two in their last ten. So they have been performing extremely well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're already sitting higher in the division than I think they were expected. Mm-hmm. We have another game going on as well. D-backs at A's, the Athletics, 3-0 to zero A's at the bottom of the fifth. Vinny, what was the question you're asking us on the break? How bad are the Diamondbacks? How bad? How bad are they? They've won three games in their last 26 going into today. I mean, we need the Diamondbacks every day. That's uh, so that that's how I gauge it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they uh, they took a flyer on them today, uh, at uh, uh, from two dollars down to a dollar eighty. However, the uh, the A's are in every every parlay, so it doesn't matter. Uh, every it it it's a bet against the D-backs just about every game. What is in the water in the Bay Area? Because the A's also outperforming a little bit, so much so that it's almost a coin flip in their division between yep. them and the Astros. Mm. Well, and, well, and see, this is, uh, you, you know me, being a, kind of a data nerd for the most part, 
you know, when you use when you see this, baseball is the ultimate sample size sport. Mm-hmm. So when you're only plus nine right now, but you're about ten games above five hundred, what's the term? Water always finds its level. So at some point, there's going to be a little bit of a step back here, and I would expect the Astros are going to continue to perform at a pretty high level. They got a really good run differential, and their mm-hmm. offense has been extremely solid. So there will be a point where the Astros pass the Oakland Athletics. We, I mean, yeah, we talked about this yesterday on primetime mm-hmm. action. I'm sure Vinny, you've seen this as well. Yeah, the thing about the let's remember this: the A's had an awful start to the season. Yeah, right? the A's and the, and and the Red Sox had uh, two of the worst starts of this season. Uh, but here they are, both of them sitting uh, uh, at or near the top of uh, their respective divisions. The key with this uh, this matchup is going to be who wins the head-to-head matchup, and that's what we've seen in the last couple of years between mm-hmm. the A's and the Astros. So that's going to determine the division. Is anybody else in the division really capable of threatening those two? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't and, remind especially, me. Especially, uh, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> sorry about that uh, team from down in Orange County. Uh, there was a lot of support for them early, maybe for MVP, but that's another uh, that's right. another topic. Yeah, uh, they lost a, a fish, I think, uh, one of the trouts. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. So when we look at these numbers, you talked about the Astros uh, kind of going to find their swing here, and they're going to advance ahead of the A's here. We see the price on them for a division winner at minus 113 on DraftKings. It's minus 106 for the A's value here for the Astros because when we talked about this on primetime action last night, Gil Alexander said that's the best bet on the board for the divisions right now. Yeah, you know, if you talk to, I think, you know, when I filled in for Gil, I was talking with um, uh, Mark Borchard over at Base Winner. He thought this was more in the range of like an implied probability of around 80%. That's a price of minus 400, right, as opposed Mm -hmm. to minus 113 or somewhere in that range. So I don't know if it's that high, but I do think that that's that's a price that should be higher. If you look at everything that these two teams have in terms of strengths, what plays out over the course of an entire series, I think the Astros should be a little bit closer to maybe $2 or so in terms of winning this division. So I would say, yeah, there is some value there. But better pitching probably too mm-hmm. uh, when you when you look at the, the pitching and not only starting pitching but the bullpen as well. So again, that division, it's going to come down to those two head-to-head as it has for the last few years. We also have Cubs and Padres going on here. One-to-one in the top of the fifth. The Padres were a team that a lot of people were high on to start the season. What have you thought about how their performance has been so far? Well, uh, I could tell you how their performance was today. They opened as $2 favorites, and they closed at 260. So uh, yeah. they were minus-minus on, the, uh, uh, on the run line as well, minus a quarter, and uh, the total on the game uh, sitting at eight. What's interesting here is uh, they're playing a team that is another surprise so far in terms of the Cubs. Yeah. So what we've seen out of the Padres is uh, exactly what we kind of figured in terms of uh, their performance and the way they would be bet. And they're probably going to be looking to amplify that roster as we get closer to the trade deadline. Right. Stay tuned. We have more games to talk about. The Mets Orioles, the Dodgers Pirates, and the Braves Phillies all going to get underway right after the show. So we'll dive into those and more. Next up, we'll talk a little bit of golf right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome back in. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and The Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. You can also download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. JVT, when's the last time you guys did a hardwood handicappers? Uh, every Thursday they okay. come out. So, oh, hey, tomorrow. Tomorrow. How about tomorrow. that? Uh, yeah, look How at about that. that? Segway. Long Shots is also on there. That's a golf podcast. Let's talk a little bit of golf. Let's bring in our guest, Stephen Hennessy, Deputy Managing Editor for Golf Magazine. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Daniel. Okay, so I want to go back to something that happened last week, a little bit of a betting drama, if you will, a lot of discussion on Twitter, whether it was right or wrong to pay out a <laughs> non-winning ticket. Uh, John Rom obviously disqualified due to some a, co- a positive COVID test, but some books decided to pay that ticket out as a winner anyway. Uh, what did you think of how this all unfolded? Yeah, I mean, the craziest thing to me was if you had a Patrick Cantley ticket and a John Rom ticket, you could have cashed both in the same week. That's, you know, no, no better could ever say that uh, at a golf tournament. I thought that was very generous. Uh, I know, you know, William Hill did it. I know a couple other books did it. Um, I mean, it was a big dagger. If you bet on John Rom, he was up by six shots going into Sunday. Uh, you know, someone as good as John Rom, he, he was not going to lose in that position and in fact you know the winning score ended up being five shots worse than what he was at Saturday night so uh, obviously an unfortunate situation and as a gambler especially you're, you're sweating that out as a as a ROM better but um, yeah I mean it, if I was in that situation I, w- I would applaud it so uh, you know it's always good when people have more money in their pockets I would I would say not always good for the book, though. And I know, Vinny, you guys were not one of the ones that sure. paid out, but no. people gave you a lot of flack for it. Why not, Vin? <laughs> some, pe- <laughs> some people did. The Twitter did. trolls actually, came for you. Actually, uh, there were some uh, uh, comments about comparing the uh, uh, James Harden injury to COVID. Oh, that was not a, a, a comparison. The comparison <laughs> was the example from a betting perspective that uh, what house rules say uh, what stipulations say and how you want here. I'm going to sum it up this way. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yeah. All right. And we actually paid out the winner at higher odds. So for those that did pay out both yeah. good for them, that was their choice. And we move on. That's why it's called betting, right? There's a little bit of risk involved. That's correct. Uh, in terms of golf, we have the U.S. Open coming up. But before that, this weekend, we have the Paul medal championship. Uh, so who are the top picks for this? Who are kind of the short shots for this event? Uh, we've got. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, sorry, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kepka and, and DJ are, are the favorites. I was just mm-hmm. going to talk about how weak this field is, Vinny. I mean, uh, you know, really, all these guys are withdrawing. Uh, we got the U.S. Open next week, and we're in South Carolina. These guys have to hop on a plane, get all the way out to Torrey Pines after this. So uh, I think Kepka is probably about eight to one. DJ's like eight and a half. To one is that what you have, Vinny? Yeah, we've got eight, but then there's the jump. I mean, there's you know, it's usually more gradual. You'll go from eight to ten, twelve, but you got eight, uh, fourteen, up to twenty, twenty-five. So to to, to your point, Stephen, there there's a, there's a huge jump uh, because of the field. And again, it's not a knock on these other golfers in the field, but you mm-hmm. just don't have the typical leaders. Uh, or uh, you know some of the uh, uh, the other shorter uh, price golfers that you would have. Um, what, what, one of the questions I was going to have for you, Stephen, is in terms of this course, 
typically we've got some history on uh, on a lot of the courses, and of course with Torrey Pines coming up, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of history there to go by, and uh, the you know horses uh, for the course there. That not being the case here, how does that impact your handicap and the way you break this uh, wagering down uh, for this particular event in uh, South Carolina? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question this week because there's zero course history. This is a new course that opened in 2017, um, and people haven't gotten a chance to see it. It's ultra-exclusive. Really, only billionaires uh, are members and get to play it. I, but I actually had a chance to play it as a non-billionaire, a non-millionaire uh I, I was lucky enough a few weeks ago to get to play it. So I, I'm one of the guys who has a little course knowledge, but I feel like the guy who has the answers or I have the questions to the exam, but I don't have the answers. Um, so, you know, I hope that I have some of the answers, though. Um, it, it's going to play at 70, about 7,700 yards as a par 71. It's the longest par 71 that they play on the PGA Tour. Um, but it's not going to play that long because – these fairways are really firm and fast. Uh, it's an Australian sandbelt-type design. It, it's going to play links-like. So these guys are going to get a bunch of run in the fairway. Balls will roll out 40, 50 yards, uh, as guys will see on TV. They did get a little rain over the last you know, couple weeks or so, so it's not going to be as firm and fast as the course would like. But I would expect the greens – you know, to be pretty firm. This course is built on sand, so it drains incredibly well. Uh, I remember when I was there, it rained probably as torrentially as I can remember rain in the past few years. I told my wife, I doubt I'm even going to be able to play, but I didn't notice any rain uh, when I played. So I think uh, I think it's still going to be firm and fast. The crucial thing is how different it's going to test the tour pros into these greens. So usually on a PGA Tour site, you know, guys get a number from their caddy. They hit it, and they know how to hit it 123 yards, whatever the number is, and get the ball to stop on a dime. This is totally different. They're going to have to play to certain areas of the green. In some cases, they're even going to have to hit, you know, bump shots from about 60, 70 yards out just to get it close to these pins. It, it's a really different type of test uh, from what we're used to seeing on the PGA Tour, and, and that's that's really going to influence my handicap this week. I'm looking at guys who really are good short game-wise. They have a lot of creativity around the greens, and they could really control their ball uh, no matter where they are, whether it's in the fairway, whether it's in some trouble. That's going to be crucial this week. Yeah, Stephen, you kind of alluded to my question. You know, links like uh, you know a lot of sand, iron play seems really important, uh, and edge maybe to some European guys uh, on a course like this? Totally. That, and that's where I, I start my handicapping. Uh, Terrell Hatton is first in my model. Um, he's around 12 to 1 or so. Mm-hmm. Not sure where he is at the South Point. But um, what, what is crucial to me is that he ranks first in the last 24 rounds uh, when the pros have played really firm greens. Fantasy National has that stat. And I think that's crucial. Um, and he's good in really every category. His approach shots off the tees, 12th strokes gain off the tee. Really good out of the sand. There's a ton of exposed sand here that these guys are going to find themselves in. So I'm looking to fade uh, Brooks Kepka at the top. I'm going to play against him in some matchups. I even think right. uh, missed the cut play on Brooks Kepka is good, plus 300. Um, so that's where I'm kind of at. And I would give you just a few other guys. Matt Fitzpatrick. I would uh, love to hear him, Stephen. Unfortunately, we ran out of time there. But uh, we do appreciate you joining us uh, and giving those plays that you did give. Definitely a hard one to handicap without any course history. But thank you to Stephen Hennessy. Uh, we have more coming up on My Guys in the Desert.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. We're back on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari in the studio with Vinny Maiulo and Jonathan Von Tobel. Let's talk about the NHL playoffs. And we have to start by talking about this Vegas Golden Knights avalanche game. Last night, overtime win for VGK. Mark Stone now squarely has to be in the Conn Smythe discussion after his overtime game winner in Game 5. Knights lead the series three to two series price. Now the Knights minus three fifteen. avalanche plus two forty five. Huge swing in the number here. And JVT, you got a really nice ticket on VGK after game two. Yeah, well, I got him a plus five forty to win this thing. So three straight wins is something I am totally down with at this point right now. Thought I was going to have to, you know, fin- finagle my way out of the position if when they were down to nothing yesterday, but uh, ultimately did not. So I may have woken up my sleeping child when that goal went in yesterday. <laughs> Interesting All uh, for the cause. to right. note uh, for him. Right. where the uh, uh, the Knights were. No, no real shock here, right? They were bet. And again, uh, we're using a 10-cent uh, straddle here at South Point for the money line here. They closed at $1.32. They opened, uh, the Avalanche opened at $1.45 yesterday. So it was all about the Golden Knights yesterday. And uh, that's fine. I mean, listen, you know, it's, 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 it's nice. It's nice to root for the home team, even uh, even if it costs money, right? Because it also drives a lot of business as well. But um, listen, when you think about it, the Golden Knights have probably had the best of it uh, since Game Two, which is a game they lost. As uh, that was that was where the Avalanche went up, uh, you know, uh, two nothing. But uh, from the second period of of Game Two, yep. uh, the Golden Knights have really been uh, the most consistent team. You get a game like last night. Uh, they give up a goal. Mark Andre Fleury uh, made a, uh, you know, th- listen. He'll be the first one to tell you that giving up that goal uh, with eight tenths of a second left, oh. uh, and then going down to it. But they never, they never. We've never seen him react varied. that way. No, and that's and that's why he knew it, especially given the circumstances and and especially the time and the angle of the shot. But <clears throat> he and the Golden Knights. Uh, they held their they held their ground. They they just they kept coming. They did what they had to do even when they went down two nothing. JVT. I mean, uh, you have to give this team credit. Their resiliency has been terrific. Going to get a great effort out of the Avalanche tomorrow. But I will tell you this: that arena tomorrow night on Las Vegas Boulevard is going to be as exciting a place as we're going to see in the postseason of any sport that's going on right now. Well, and to, to Vinny's point too, which is it wasn't just a hey lottery plus five forty. You know, statistically the Knights dominated game two yeah. for the most part. They were really good. If you looked at a lot of the even strength five on five numbers, they had 61% of the shot mm-hmm. share. They expected goals for everything was in their favor in that game. They just could not find the back of the net yeah. when it counted. And so going forward, you figured, well, statistically they've been very dominant, you know, to this point, they're playing a very good brand of hockey going back home. There's a really good chance that they at least, I thought, even this series up through the two games mm-hmm. and you can find your way financially, you know, through there sitting on plus 540 for them. But then again, yesterday too, man, like what they have done in terms of for the most part, dominating shot share and getting out there, like it has been a really good series for the Vegas Golden Knights overall. They have almost doubled them up in high danger chances. They expect a goal score the nearly have a five goal advantage. Like everything has been in their favor here. It's, it's Vinny's is spot on after period one of game two. They have it has been all Vegas Golden Knights, and I think that you've really seen that play out now over the course of these last four games or three games. Yeah. That's what you're seeing all the stats say at this point is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, right now on the side on the money line, uh, the game has moved towards the Avalanche from a dollar forty-four to a dollar thirty-six, but that's going to change drastically tomorrow when the general public gets involved. So I'm a little surprised. 
that the folks that bet the avalanche so far didn't wait uh, for the public, uh, particularly the locals here in town, <laughs> to get involved because there's always a regional bias for the Golden Knights here in Las Vegas. Well, and how far we come, right? Remember, I was talking to you last week, Vinny, and they were here at home taking on Colorado. Mm-hmm. Minus 115? Yeah. On Vegas, somewhere in that range, right? right? Actually, Colorado yeah. was a favorite at one yeah, point. Yeah, it went to the favorite in uh, in Game Three. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. And now yeah. here you are. You're laying dollar thirty, dollar forty. So, so you know, it always helps to keep track of that. But the market has definitely swung in the direction of Vegas in terms of the adjustment. Yeah. I know you talk about that regional bias. We had Johnny Avello on. He talked about they have a market in Colorado, and ninety percent or more of the money was on the Avalanche, and obviously <laughs> because of the the way they started the series. Mm-hmm. But also, sure. there's that regional bias in Colorado as well. So mm-hmm. wherever people have betting, we've seen we've seen such a huge swing in this series number is that normal for hockey because i feel like it's bigger than we're seeing even in the nba lines uh yeah i think when you look at the momentum aspect of mm-hmm. it and uh, uh, what jvt just mentioned about from uh, from the second period of game two on and how the uh, the golden knights have have really been the better team uh the adjustments that they've made have been better than uh, than the avalanche adjustments particularly with the with the first lines of both teams and how they're performing and it's not like the golden knights first line is doing all this scoring but what it's doing is taking away the avalanche first line and the second line of the golden knights has been as good as any any line in the postseason uh, so far so um better adjustments so far but uh, for, so far by peter DeBoer. Uh, credit them, but this will be a, a terrific game. It's uh, the key for tomorrow night. I think is going to be the way, if the Knights come out, Fed don't let the Avalanche come out too fast, and then if the Knights can score first, and don't get, take their foot off the gas as they tend to do sometimes, mm-hmm. and they did that against Minnesota a couple of times, in a, and it wound up being a seven-game series. Uh, it's it's, but we're gonna they're gonna bet uh, the Golden Knights uh, uh, till. Till right until puck drop and through <laughs> and through the game in uh, in the uh, in game action tomorrow. So if you do like the Avalanche, wait a little bit I so would, you can get that better number. You'll get a better price tomorrow for sure. The other game going on last night, I want to touch on really quick. The Lightning they won their series versus the Hurricanes four to one. Andre Vasilevsky made history also in Game Five, becoming the first goalie in NHL history with shutouts in clinching games in three consecutive series, tracking back to last season's Stanley Cup Final. They'll face the winner of the Bruins Islanders, which mm-hmm. is our one game going on tonight. Night. Uh, speaking of momentum, does this Lightning team have what it takes at this point? What do you think of them and Andre Vasilevsky so far? I think he's he may he may be the best goaltender. And I mean, nothing against yeah. Mark Andre Fleury, but here's the thing about Tampa Bay: they we people forget the fact that they are the defending Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, they're extremely versatile. If you want to get in a track meet with them, they're fine. If you want to get in a defensive knockdown dragout, they're fine as well, as long as Vasilevsky's. Uh, between the pipes, uh, JBT, they're the most. They may be the deepest uh, uh, mm-hmm. team and uh, the most versatile team of the remaining uh, contenders. Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. I would be really intrigued if Boston pulls this out, what a series yeah. price would be like between those two, because just generally looking at some of the even strength numbers and what Boston has done, you know, I would think that I, I would like Boston in a series like that against Tampa Bay. But, of course, Boston's got to get the work done because they're in a little bit of a hole here against New York. But I would agree generally, like, when you're a repeating champion, you have the depth mm-hmm. that they do. It's going to work in their favor. But I do like, despite the fact that the Bruins are down in this series, I do like what Boston brings to the table. Well, that 
that is the one game we have going mm -hmm. on tonight. So Bruins at Islanders, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Game six, Islanders lead the series 3-2. to two, And the series price has the Islanders at minus 225. But you can get the Bruins for some plus money, plus 180. I've even mm -hmm. seen 2-1 to one at some books. And I agree with JVT. A little bit of value maybe still here on the Bruins, especially because of their goalkeeping. And they're the favorite tonight at $1.36 uh, right now uh, at, at the South Point. So uh, they're, they are the favorites across the board. You may see $1.40 out there. Uh, to your point, Danielle, you're going to see a fluctuation, a, a, a difference, and that's why it pays to shop for folks in that series price. Why? Because it depends on where books sit, A, on the series price, but also on futures as well. Yeah, I've been really surprised. So it's funny. So if you look, again, being the guy that, you know, looks at all the numbers and enjoying all those sort of things, if you look at this purely from a statistical standpoint, the five-on-five five numbers, Boston has kind of dominated this series, mm -hmm. right? The, the shot share overwhelmingly in their favor. High danger chances in their favor. Expected goals four for the series in their favor. And here they are yeah. needing to win the next two games. You know, timely goaltending, solid goaltending makes a lot of a difference, right, in, in national, or excuse me, in hockey, right? In the NHL, you know, I've talked about this with VGK a couple of days ago with some people here in Vegas where it's like, you know, we talk about home ice and home court. Home ice can be negated if you have a good enough goaltender and good enough defense, right? Because it doesn't really matter. One guy can change an entire series. And you're kind of seeing that. Like, and it, it's funny because everything finally blows up and it's a 5-4 game the other day. But it's a 5-4 game in favor of New York. Like the, right. the Bruins finally find their offense. All those numbers are all in their favor, and yet they give up five goals and they end up losing that game. So I think it's fascinating because I think there's a lot that works in favor of Boston to this series, and I would rather be on the Bruins to win this series, right, at a plus price to win the next two. Uh, but I, I think it's fascinating because there's a lot of numbers that work in their favor, but here they are in a 3-2 series hole. Yep, and, when it, and I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that the, the Islanders are rolling four lines, and they're pretty, a lot more consistent than the four lines of Boston. Are, you know, Boston's got two lines working right now. The other two really have not been a factor. This is another home arena mm -hmm. that has a significant uh, advantage, and typically in hockey, the home ice doesn't mean as much, let's say, a home court uh, in basketball. Uh, or home field in football. But there's a couple or several around the league that do mean, and it's always, listen, you ask the players, they would rather be at home, sleeping in their own beds, and, and the fans rooting for them. But I will tell you, uh, we talk about the uh, the advantage that the, uh, the Golden Knights have here at T-Mobile. Nassau Coliseum, I've said it before, and I'll maintain it, it is as good a home venue. And it just the, the, the Islanders are a much better team in the postseason in the barn than they uh, than they were when they were at the Barclays Center. Well, and I'll tell you what, too. I mean, I would love to pick the brain of a lot of people who like are in depth, you know, in terms of their understanding of hockey because the value of a head coach and what he means. Barry Trotz oh, has been incredible. Terrific. For the going back to last year, right, where you steal a couple of series yourself yep. the way that you play, like they have been so good. And Trotz has been incredible with what he's done with his team, and that makes a really big difference too. A quick hire, right? I, I, mm -hmm. I think everybody was surprised. Uh, and, you know, the Islanders were not in shock. They Once he got let go after winning the Stanley Cup in, in Washington a few years ago, the Islanders didn't hesitate in pulling the trigger on it. And it's, paid, it's paid dividends for them. We can also look at some of these series props, or rather props for tonight's game. A lot of people are liking the under in the first period, probably like the under in the total game as well, but the under in the first period already juiced to minus 148. Oh. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a game six in hockey, is that because you're expecting things to be tightened up a little bit more defensive? Or is this directly as a result of the Bruins being such a defensive team? Well, we, you know, we used a dollar thirty in a uh, uh, on the on the un under one and a half, and they laid it. So yeah, yeah, I think you know it's got to do with. 
probably because of uh, you know the gold. Now Tuukka Rask is he's got a, a, a back. You know, his back is sore, but he's going to go tonight. There's no question about it. Uh, if they're breathing, they're playing, but, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, you may you may see some money in the over here, don't you think, uh, JBT? If it gets much uh, much higher to the under, yeah, I'm sure. There's right. always going to be those people looking for a, bit, a meaty plus price on anything they can yeah. find. And uh, now that the Bruins have found some offense, as JVT said, maybe they can put it together with their defense tonight. We'll see. Uh, the Islanders team goals total also sitting. Uh, you could go one and a half under at plus 225 if you think the Bruins defense is going to be that strong. We have more coming up in the hour two of My Guys in the Desert. We're going to talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little bit more MLB right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.